When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I want to take some time today to rehash a topic that I've discussed quite a bit on this channel over the years sporadically, usually at least once a month, once every couple months. And of course, what I'm talking about is the coming pension crisis. You guys knew that. You guys saw the title. But I do want to go more into depth on that and talk about why I think it's going to be such a problem going forward uh, and, and why I think ultimately it's going to necessitate a federal bailout. Actually, as suggested um, in, in a recent Zero Hedge article, uh, also posted over on Barron's, I'm sure plenty of other places, um, about uh, an interview by a uh, the former Illinois pension chief, which Illinois is going to be kind of forefront in this conversation today. But, but much of, of what is true about Illinois is also true for other states, just not quite to the extreme that, that Illinois finds themselves in. Um, but, but as he's saying here is that the pension funds in the United States are likely going to need a bailout, a federal bailout. That shouldn't come as surprising for, for Silver Fortune uh, uh, listeners. Uh, I've, I've, from the beginning said that this is likely going to necessitate a federal bailout um, one way or another, uh, simply because uh, not doing so would be incredibly uh, unpopular. Don't get me wrong, uh, along the way, and even up to this point, they'll, there will be efforts along the way by, by states or counties, uh, cities, whoever it is that, that ultimately is, is finding their pension fund underfunded, uh, there will be attempts by them to to cut benefits, more or less. And you've seen this from time to time, where pension funds will not outright default on their their obligations to retirees, but rather they'll say, you know, we're going to stop with the uh, cost of living increases, which is oftentimes standard and written into pension plans that they're going to, you know, increase a certain percentage point a year, usually based on, on inf- inflation or the increase in the cost of living. And they'll stop that. I mean, that's... That saves them a little bit of money going forward, or they'll suspend it for a couple of years. You know, maybe when things get really bad in some states, you'll see these these large pension funds uh, cut benefits to some extent, five percent, ten percent. I don't think it's going to be an all or nothing thing, though. I I wouldn't be surprised along the way if we do see one or two, or maybe a handful of of major pension funds, state pension funds. Uh, um, various union pension funds or, or uh, teachers unions or whatever uh, collapse, basically become insolvent before it, it ultimately necessitates a bailout, uh, not, not unlike uh, the, the 2008 financial crisis where you need at least one bank to basically go under before the, the government is going to step in and say, you know, no more of that. I think the same is true for pension funds. Why is that the case? Well, first of all, these are promises to um, workers uh, this isn't some sort of an entitlement. This was, this was part of their employment agreement. You're working for such and such amount of years, and that is, you know, that that determines a, a basically nice retirement for these individuals. It's, it's this isn't something like um um, 
an entitlement along the lines of, of food stamps or, or housing assistance or something that, that is not at all should be you know a promise by the government. Pensions are totally reasonable, but they're out of control and, and they're vastly underfunded and overpromised. And so you'll see a lot of people up in arms if, if somehow their, their pension funds are, are their pension benefits are, are cut. Uh, or, or ultimately are just not paid out. That'd be extremely unpopular and furthermore, damaging to the economy. Uh, if you think about it, a lot of these uh, pensioners, they probably make just as much, if not more, in retirement from their pension fund than they did when they worked. That's a big boost for the economy. I mean, people making 50, 60, 80, 100, 200, I don't know, it, it, based on how long you work and from, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, pension fund to pension fund, but they make a lot of money. And if all of a sudden you have potentially hundreds of thousands of middle to upper middle class individuals not receiving their pension check and, and having to foreclose on their house or sell it, um, having to try and live off of what other meager retirement savings they have or social security check or whatever, uh, that's going to be extremely, not only unpopular, but again, damaging to the economy. Eventually, it's going to necessitate a federal bailout. And that's exactly what this Illinois, uh, former Illinois pension chief is saying. So let's talk here for a second about Illinois. In fact, you know, if you want to learn some, some really great information on this, head over to wirepoints.org. That's, that's where I get a fair bit of my pension information. They've done a lot of really great, what I would consider probably investigative reporting on pension funds and, and just the, the uh, documenting why they're in the, 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 the situation they are. Um, you know, starting off with, uh, with Illinois, you know, they, they have an, actually an article, this is from over a year ago. They have a more recent update, but this is from June 2018, titled, Illinois State Pensions Overpromised, Not Underfunded. Wirepoint special report talking about how the problem in Illinois is not necessarily just that they're massively underfunded, but that it's overpromised. And, and there's a part of a reason for why that's the case. And I'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, two major problems with that, or, or why that has occurred, in my opinion. But to, to put this in perspective, since 1988, the uh, state personal income in Illinois has increased. Mm, maybe 240%. General revenue in the state has uh, increased maybe 180 to 200%. Uh, median household income in Illinois in that time span has increased a little over 100%. Inflation has increased a little over 100%. Uh, pension membership has increased uh, maybe a little over 50 or 60% population in Illinois has increased actually not all that much over that time span. This is going back to 1988. So we're talking about a range here of these different indicators, anywhere from maybe close to 250% all the way down to, you know, the population growth in that time span, which has been, um, you know, less than 50%, 250 to 50% or less. But over that time span from 1987 or 1988 to 2016, promised state pension benefits grew over 1,000%. Despite the fact that all of those in other indicators, um, the median household income, the pension membership, the, the general revenues for the state, etc., were grown in the ballpark of 200 or 100%. We're talking a 1,000 plus percent increase for the promised state pension benefits. 
that's why this article is titled Overpromised, Not Underfunded. Why is that the case? Well, in my opinion, there's two major problems here. Part of it is, I think, a longstanding habit of kicking the can down the road. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, during the last recession, 2008 and 2009, pension plans as a whole uh, found themselves coming out of the recession in a very bad place. And, and there's a variety of reasons for that. A big part of it was the market crash. Pensions, the funds, they, they hold a large amount of stocks. But beyond that, uh, another major problem with, with uh, pension funds following the recession is that states and cities and counties found themselves uh, basically with, with a fiscal shortfall, uh, a, a, a deficit. They, they weren't taking enough in in taxes because we're in the midst of one of the worst recessions we had in a very long time. And so rather than uh, cutting employment or, or cutting costs significantly, what a lot of, of pension funds ultimately did, and the employers, the, the states, the cities, the counties, was that they decided rather than offering um, pay increases now, how about we promise more down the road when these individuals retire so that we don't have to increase our budget right now for, for salaries and, and we can essentially kick the can down the road. Let's, let's Rather than give them a decent pay raise now, let's give them a very juicy increase in their pension benefits when they ultimately retire. And that was very commonplace, right? And so you have that, that two-headed beast of a market crash, but then also promising more to these pensioners in the future when they ultimately retire. Now, for Illinois and a lot of other states, though, that has long been the case, that they continue to to overpromise. And and at some point, you got to think that this is almost corrupt, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of these pension holders are, are not, we're not talking about like the elite. We're not talking about the 1% necessarily in Illinois. Right, uh, there, there's a variety of different professions that that fall into that category of, of uh, you know, being able to to collect a pension from from the Illinois State Pension Fund. But most of those employees are not what you'd consider um, high up on the socioeconomic scale. Right, but nonetheless, you, you got to wonder why are these pensions paying out so much. Where was the fiscal oversight 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago from their state Congress on this? I mean, like I said before, when you have pensioners making vastly more when they ultimately retire than they ever did when they were employed, that should probably raise some red flags. Now, I get it. I'm, I'm not faulting these retirees or these soon-be retirees. I'm not. I mean, hey, if you see a job that maybe doesn't pay great, but you can retire early and you have a crazy good pension, like is the case, what is the case with I'm sure many of these uh, um, pension funds such as Illinois, then sure, go for it. I mean, you can't fault somebody for taking that job. A lot of these are what you'd call public employees. Some people would call them public servants. Um, but but they, they work hard, right? Whether it's uh, police officers or firefighters or teachers or or other union members, or whatever it might be. They work hard in most cases, right? 
And so to say that they're at fault, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Obviously, there's a lack of oversight from, from their state congress. But the problem here is that this extends far beyond Illinois. When you look at the situation that Illinois is in, it's, it's clear that they're the worst off, maybe, perhaps, of, of any major pension fund in the United States. There's some other ones up there. I think it's the Dallas um, City Pension Fund. Uh, New Jersey's in a bad place. There's some other ones out there. Um, and then there's, I think there's like, I forget if it's Tennessee or Kentucky. Uh, I think their teachers union pension fund is at a very bad spot, but Illinois by far is maybe the worst. And, and it's a very large pension fund. I should add CalPERS, which is the California pension fund. One of theirs is, is in ba- pretty bad shape too. And it's, and it's enormous compared to some other States. But to put this in perspective for Illinois, currently their shortfall in 2019 has risen to, uh, $137 billion dollars. Of, of unfunded pension liabilities, $137 billion. Uh, prior to the Great Recession in 2007, that was $42 billion. In 2000, before the dot-com bubble popped, it was $16 billion, right? This is a massive increase over that uh, period of time, right? Um, there, the amount of, of the Illinois budget spent on basically funding pensions has absolutely exploded over the decades. Back in 1996, about 3% of their general revenues went to funding the, their, their pension fund. In 2007, it was in the ballpark of, of 5 to 6%. Now, in 2019, 24% of their overall budget in the state is going to fund funding pension funds. And you can understand why this is so unpopular. Illinois is not a place that people want to live. People are more or less abandoning the state because of high taxes. And I don't blame them because you know that something like a quarter of state revenues is going to pay people that don't even work for the state anymore. Sure, they earn their dues through these crazy inflated and overpromised pension funds. But I wouldn't want to pay for this pension collapse. I wouldn't pay, want to pay for that with my taxes. But they're hardly the only state the only pension fund that is in this situation. To summarize, pension funds are in this situation for for a handful of different reasons. And only part of it is this over-promising and this kicking the can on the road, promising more benefits in the future rather than giving people reasonable pay increases while they're actually employed. Extends far beyond that. Uh, Part of it is that in 2001 and especially in 2008 and 2009, during the market crash, the Great Recession, etc. Pension funds had a lot of money in assets that took a hit. I'm talking real estate, private equity, and of course, just straight up equities, public equities, stocks. They, they took a hit because the stock market crashed and a fair amount of their portfolio was in stocks. Another... A uh, trend that has has not been very good to to pension funds is the falling uh, yield on on treasury bonds and and commercial debt, but especially treasury bonds, which in the past made running a pension fund as easy as I don't know, like a, a child could do it, right? Because back in the day, back in the eighties, even the nineties, even the early two thousands. The, the yield on U.S. debt was so much higher than what it is now. And we're, we're talking the 80s. We're talking yields north of 
north of 15%, if I remember correctly. At least the Fed funds rate was up there. I forget what the 10-year topped out at. It was up there, I think. I want to say the top was like 18% in the early to mid-80s, right? And it declined after that. But for much of the 90s, you could still do it in the low teens, 10%, even slightly below 10%. But that's not that bad, especially when you consider that the... uh, the the return that these pension funds um, figure into their overall uh, uh, growth of, of their fund, right? They, they, the idea behind a pension fund is basically you're deferring part of your income, the pension fund invests it, they get a certain return year over year, and, and it allows them to, to pay you a huge retirement when you retire. Uh, the, the, the yield that they're generally looking for is anywhere from maybe 6.5% to 8%. Right, and so if you can get that through treasury bonds, because treasury bonds are yielding ten percent, or eight percent, or fifteen percent, whatever, it's it's so easy. My three year old daughter could do it, and and I'm not even sure if that's an exaggeration. I think she's pretty smart, but over time, yields collapse, and and who is at fault for that? Well, part of it is just this this deflationary economy that we're in, but but largely it's. Well, it's a deflationary economy because of the Federal Reserve. Not only are they promoting this this deflationary uh, state because we, we just have so much debt at every level of the economy, but also they're, because of their, their intervention in the U.S. debt markets. Quantitative easing. They bought a ton of debt. And that pushed down yields, unsurprisingly. I mean, that's supply and demand, guys. And so now... I mean, the U.S. 10-year yield is under, last time I checked, under 2%. It may be above that right now, but in the ballpark of 2%. And it's been there for quite a while. How are you going to make 7.5%, 6%, whatever, year over year when bonds are at 2%? Well, I mean, the, the easy solution is not to own as much bonds. Right? As far as they're considered, that is dead money. That's only slightly better than owning cash because cash is not going to yield anything. And, and with a 2 plus percent inflation, uh, at least with bonds, you're breaking even. And so what do they do instead? Well, they went into riskier assets. right? And so they're, they're struggling at this point in 2019. Pension funds across the board are struggling to get the return that they've promised right? 2019 probably on paper won't be that bad of a year because the stock market has done so well. We're we're talking up, I don't know, what is it? 15, 25% on the year, just because of how low it was at the end of the year uh, in 2018. But basically they're throwing a ton of money into risky assets, private equity, commercial real estate, um, even things like options and whatnot, uh, selling options, uh, playing this this low volatility and, and trying to profit off of that. And of course, just straight up stocks, domestic stocks, international stocks. And, and it's gotten pretty ridiculous. And in the case of some pension funds, north of 60, I'm sure even 70% of their overall funds are in stocks. And that's not counting um, the, the amount of their, their income that is hardly recession or the amount of their fund that is, that is in uh, very other very risky assets that are the opposite of recession proof, very, very prone to a recession. I'm talking again, like commercial equity, private equity, uh, commercial real estate, private equity, etc. That's where they're at now. And that's why I'm so concerned about pension funds. As of right now, uh, the shortfall for, for Illinois is $137 billion. If you look across the country, we're seeing a shortfall of, of 
a few trillion most likely. It's, it's hard to get a, a complete picture of this. But what happens when the stock market drops by, let's say, 20%? Hey, we can do a calculation on this, right? You can look at, uh, you know, across the nation, the overall um, shortfall on pension funds. It's, it's in the ballpark of a trillion dollars on, on these major pension funds. Um, if, uh, if you look at the amount that, that they have promised, uh, what they promise versus, uh, what they actually have on their balance sheet, liabilities versus assets, we're looking at a gap, um, that is, well, among major U S public pensions, 109 different ones, which I don't think is all the ones that you're going to find. This is a smaller figure than, than what's actually reality. Um, we're looking at of assets about three trillion dollars, and, and liabilities pretty close to four trillion. The the true number I think is much much higher uh, in terms of assets and liabilities. But nonetheless, a shortfall of almost a trillion dollars among these 109 major pensions in the United States. If we're going to use a ballpark figure of 50% allocation to stocks, and the market drops 20%. Essentially, you're going to see across the board, the the all else being equal, the the amount that these pensions have and on their balance sheet drop by a full ten percent, three hundred billion dollars added to the overall shortfall, right? And you double that to a forty percent crash, which is perfectly in line with what we've seen in the past with recessions. We're talking about a twenty percent drop in assets. Now, some of that could be offset by, let's say higher bond prices granted you have to deal with higher or with lower yields with higher bond prices but then the other component of this is things like commercial real estate and private equity which would be even more prone they could drop by 50 60 percent right and again this is what i'm talking about here this this asset liability picture is only i think part of the overall picture we're, we're going to see a shortfall of of trillions of dollars not just a trillion or two trillion. And ultimately, it's going to necessitate a bailout. You know, the other day I was talking with a patient of mine, uh, a Teamster pensioner, and he's very active. He's fairly aware of what's going on with his pension from from the Teamsters union. And and I basically told him this, look, um, you'll get your money. There might be hiccups along the way. They might try and cut it. They might try to not give you your cost of living adjustments, etc. But you'll get your money. Ultimately, because I, I feel very strongly, and, and it's nice to see that, that this feeling is, is reciprocated by some other people that are very familiar with the problem, such as the former Illinois pension chief, that a federal bailout's coming. These, these pensions aren't going to go under without the federal government saying something about it. And, and a bailout will come. You'll get your money. But that doesn't mean it's going to be worth anything. As always... Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.